really encourages us to be careful in how we hear the Word of God. And then the last 20 verses kind of lead us into this encouragement of, of how we believe God's Word. And, and in this chapter, we're going to see ultimately three scenes. And tucked into those three scenes, we're going to see two parables taught, and then we're going to see four miracles put on display. But running all throughout these chapters is, whether that be Jesus's teaching or in Jesus's actions, uh, we're going to see this focus of the Word of God. Now, uh, we're going to see in the parables uh, the nature of God's Word, and then we'll see through the miracles how we respond to God's Word. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a verse out of Romans today that is just going to kind of run uh, as a companion verse. And we won't really talk about it much today. Uh, but but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see this kind of connected to our verses. Paul is, is teaching us in Romans 10 about how we come to faith in Jesus. And he says this. He says, so faith comes from hearing. Uh, and hearing through the word of Christ. Uh, and that's, that's what chapter 8 is really going to kind of connect us to. That faith comes from hearing. And now how we respond, how we hear those things, will, can lead us through the word of, of Christ. And, and so, so the, the parable we're going to see this morning is cleverly called the parable of the sower. Uh, or, or some other places we'll call it the parable of the soils. And now, now we're going to have a question. I want to introduce it to you now. Uh, and then as we walk through it, I think you'll see this kind of come to the surface. Is we're going to ask a question as we walk through verses 1 through 15. What I'd like you to encourage you to ask yourself is simply this. What type of soil is your heart? Okay, we're going to find four different soils, but, but, but largely we're going to be asking ourselves this question. What type of of soil is your heart. Now, now let's go verses uh, 1 through 3. It's going to kind of set the scene for why Jesus teaches this parable. It says this, that soon afterward, he, being Jesus, went through cities and villages proclaiming and, and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And, and the twelve were with him, being his disciples, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. You had Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. You had Joanna, the wife of Chusa, uh, the Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. Okay, so this is kind of setting the scene, right? And now uh, Luke will give us something that a lot of the other Old Testament or New Testament writers uh, don't give us. Uh, in fact, Luke will spend more time talking about the women who accompanied uh, Jesus more than really anybody else. And, and I think we're fortunate to have this portrait. Now, now we kind of live in a society where, uh, like, for instance, just the life here at Merge. Uh, the ladies who serve here at Merge are a vital part of, of what we do about who we are, and they, they kind of help set the tone for a lot of areas. And uh, Now, in this culture, Luke points this out because women weren't held in high esteem there. 
uh, and, and especially in leadership or in, in this culture when it comes to the church. So it's interesting that, that anytime Luke writes about a lady, he's drawing us something to, he's drawing us towards something important that, that Jesus uh, models the significant role that women have and, and their gifting uh, to serve in adventures of, of the God size. And, and now, now prayerfully, this is the culture that we continue to cultivate here uh, at Merge. But, but this is kind of the scene. So, so as Jesus leaves and he's walks, walking through these cities and these villages and, and he's proclaiming and he's bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, which is exactly what he said uh, he was sent to do when we got into chapter 5, right? He says, I've been sent to proclaim these things. So, so here we go in verse number 4. And when a great crowd and gathering of people uh, from town to town came to him, he said in a parable. Okay, now, now just to make sure we're all kind of on the same page, let's talk about what a parable is. Okay, essentially a parable is a story that's told not for entertainment purposes, but to teach a truth or to communicate a moral lesson. In fact, much of the time when Jesus teaches a parable, we find that he's giving a bit of a correction, a bit, a bit of a, a change of, of focus. And many of his parables uh, will show up in the midst of controversy and, and, and conflict, really, between him and, and the church people. And so as we read parables, though, it's, it's really easy to uh, kind of make fun of the daftness of, of the audience because uh, we'll, we'll hear Jesus teach a parable and we're like, well, that kind of makes sense. Uh, but, you know, it ca- can make sense to us uh, by extent, really because we have like, I don't know, a little over 2,000 years of reflection uh, and commentary. Uh, but the audience that Jesus is speaking to, so a little bit later here when the disciples say, hey, we heard you say this, but we don't get it. Uh, we could give them a little bit of grace because uh, they don't have the kind of reflection that we do. And then secondly, we'll find that some parables aren't meant to be understood by everybody. Okay, so so it's easy to kind of give that. Now, for those who have, as we'll see Jesus say, ears to hear, a parable is given to to kind of run alongside with Jesus, to to excite, to, to illustrate, to, to enlighten us that we may know hidden things, that we may know the secrets of the kingdom of God. So, so when a parable makes sense in your heart, it's something spectacular because God has gifted it to you and God is revealing. It's, it's simply these moments where Jesus say, well, if you, if you want to know what life is, life with God is like, it's, it's kind of like this. And so, so this parable is going to draw our attention this morning to the conditions of our hearts as it, as it relates to the Word of God and as, as it relates to the effect that Jesus has in our lives. Now, if you're looking for, uh, there's two other Gospels that talk about this parable. Uh, you got Matthew chapter 13 and you have Mark chapter 4. I think Matthew kind of gives you the fullest extent. Uh, I like Luke because it's kind of concise. Uh, and so, so here we go. The parable. Jesus is going to teach them in a parable. And we'll start in verse 5. He says, A sower 
went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew, it it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And then verse 8, and some fell into good soil, and, (coughs) excuse me, some fell into good soil and, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Now, we're not going to have to go very far uh, when, if, in case you're like, well, why is he telling us this story? Uh, because, in fact, Jesus is going to give us the explanation in the coming verses. But again, the question we're asking ourselves, as Jesus describes four soils, what type of soil is your heart? So he comes out and he says, he says a, a sower goes out to sow seed. Now, now let me talk to you about that process because it's kind of opposite of the way that we uh, will plant seed. Now, when I say we, I mean other people. Uh, and when I say other people, I mean people I don't know. Uh, I don't know anybody that really does this. So uh, I don't know any farmers. And so, but, but we will typically plow a field, then we'll place the seed, and then we'll cover uh, where we've planted, right? Now, a sower in this day would go about with the seed, and then they would kind of just spread it indiscriminately. They would go, and then they would till the soil. So, so regardless of where the, the seed landed, as they tilled the soil, it would have an interaction. And so, so it's careful that we would understand this because uh, it could be easy knowing that bit of information to think that whoever is sowing is the one at fault here for how the seed landed. And that's not the case. So he says a sower goes, so, so the sower throws the seed and then that seed is tilled into the sower, uh, into the soil. And so, so we can't, we don't blame the outcome of the seed on the sower, we blame it on the soil, right? So, so what we find is there's, there's four soils, right? We have the path, we have the rock, we have among thorns, then we have good. Now, three of those are unproductive. One of those is very productive. In fact, a hundredfold of production. And so, so but first we pay attention to uh, the, the end of verse 8. It says, let he who has ears to hear let them hear. I love when, when Mark tells this parable, he begins it by Jesus saying, listen, with an exclamation point. So, so the implication is simply this, that, that you can have ears, but not listen. You can have ears, but not listen. We, we call that, we've, we've coined it, trademarked it in our house. It's called selective listening, right? Nobody's ever used that, that tone, right? That that phrase? So, so this parable is intended to draw those who have ears to listen. And now a parable is intended for some to hear and learn, but not everyone who hears Jesus' voice will listen to what's being said. It's kind of like the, the dad who it's his turn to wake up with the baby. And he believes that if he just lays there and doesn't move, 
then the wife would be like, oh, well, yeah, he works so hard. Maybe he can't hear the baby, even though the, the neighbors just called to let us know that the baby's crying again, right? So, so, so this, is, this is where the disciples will join this conversation because Jesus just says, says listen, and then he teaches this parable, and then he says, let those who have ears to hear, hear this. And then the disciples come in, verse 9, and I love, I love what they do here. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. They're like, hey, Jesus, we're, we're on board. We're walking with you. We think you're pretty great, but what you just said doesn't make sense. And then Jesus will say uh, this in verse 10. He said, to you, and we're just going to kind of blow past this. We don't really have time to unpack it, because I think we would get stuck all day in it. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they are in parables, so, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. And then he's going to give an explanation for what he just said. Now, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. Verse 14, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for that of the good soil, they are those who hear in the word, hold it fast in an honest and a good heart, and bear fruit with Patience. Now, if you want to look spiritual, that's a great word to circle in your Bible. With patience. We'll, we'll talk about each one of these uh, respectively. And so, 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 so again, the question we're asking is what type of soil is your heart? Jesus says there's going to be basically four. What's, because what, what is the condition of your heart as it relates to the Word of God, and as it relates to the effect that Jesus has in our lives. And, and, and we've been, what's being described is either where we have been or where we are today. Because, because the condition of your heart has a great effect on having ears that hear. That's what Jesus is, is teaching us. And so, so he comes in in verse 11 and he says, the Word is the seed of I mean, sorry, the seed is the word of God. Now, now think about this for, for a moment, that the word of God is preached indiscriminately uh, in a sense, right? Uh, right now, as I comment on, on these words of Jesus, which I believe to be nothing less than the very word of God, I, I may not know you. I may not know your circumstance. I may not know uh, if you are, uh, I don't know how you're going to respond to the words of Jesus. You may be very disinterested or you may be keenly interested to understand what Jesus of Nazareth taught. In fact, uh, you may be very receptive to his words. And, and this message and these words will be perceived differently by 
different people. This is what Jesus says, that the word of God is like a seed that's being spread. Now, the beauty of it is as we spread the seed, it's not our responsibility to make sure it takes root. Because Jesus says there's some soils where it won't. And so then he goes on to explain the different soils. And he says in verse 12 that, that some seed uh, along the path are those who have heard. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe. Now here's the thing. This verse has been messing with me all week long. It's incredibly difficult for me to reconcile in my heart, okay? Uh, and I say that as a word of encouragement to you when you say, man, the Bible's hard to understand sometimes. Yes, it, it really is. And you guys pay me to get to do it all the time. All right? So, so if we can cut each other some slack, I'm just saying this is a hard verse for me to reconcile. Um, and, and I don't want to really go uh, very much further than that because it opens this can of worms that's really hard for me to put it all back together. But... But here's, what I, here's my best um, understanding of this verse, is that, is that this soil is representing a hard heart. That, that the seed never really even gets into the ground. That, that you hear, right? You hear the message and you reject it, and because you reject it, the devil comes and snatches the good news of the kingdom away. Uh, in fact, uh, we, we live in a culture of increasingly hardened hearts, right? Now, our circumstances can create the hardness of our hearts. Our conflicts can create the hardness of our hearts. And one of the most important things we can do is to continually try to cultivate the soil of our heart because the more that we are pressed, the harder that ground becomes. You with? You with? And have you ever experienced that the harder that that gets, the more it affects all the other relationships that you have in your life? And so, so we live in this world where this is, there's, there's so much despair and there's so much depravity on display. And this isn't anything new. This is stuff that, that they're talking about even in this culture, in this context. And so, so this is the hardness of the heart. And I think really it's also this reminder of, of the spiritual warfare that's going on in our presence constantly. Paul writes some of the most important words about, hey guys, do you realize that there is a war going on between, for the hearts of believers? There is, there is forces of darkness trying to snatch away. Now, the good news of the gospel is that once we are in Christ, we are secured in Christ. They were given the Holy Spirit as this deposit, guaranteeing who we are and whose we are. So, so these people in this so, with this soil, they never really came to a place of saving faith. They never did. Then he says in verse 13, talks about the seed that falls on the rocks. And, and really what this is doing, it's, it's talking about a superficial heart. It is. In fact, uh, this is a heart that kind of receives the message, responds to it, but there's no root that, that enables it to grow and develop. This is a person who, who gets saved and then they, they maybe join a church or they buy the Bible or, or they wear the shirt, but, but everything kind of stays on the surface like, you don't ever go any deeper with God. You, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of like the idea of just looking the part. 
And for a time, that seems to really work well. But ultimately what it is, it's, it's puppy love. It's what it is. It's, and, and every one of us, if you, if you have dated or had a girlfriend or, or been married, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's that, it's that initial moment of the butterflies and the excitement of, of, oh my gosh, I think I'm in love, right? That's exactly what Michael sounded like when, when he, yeah, his first girlfriend ever, right? Uh, she was imaginary. She was a model in o- Oklahoma. Um, but anyways. But, but it's this, this initial puppy love and, and you have all the feels and you have all the warm fuzzies. But here's what happens with that. As the relationship grows deeper, that puppy love starts to fade. Then, as that relationship experiences conflict, understand every single relationship experiences conflict. And because there's been no deepening of the relationship, it's just easier to jump ship. And we think the problem is, well, I don't feel, I don't feel this way anymore. Therefore, something must be wrong. And now here's what I know. My wife and I met when I was 15 years old. I'm 41 now, so that's 78 and a half years that we've been together, right? There was, there was a day when holding her hand took all of my attention. Like, oh my God, this is the stuff, guys. Holding her hand. And we've been holding hands for a long time, like 20 something, 25 years, right? Been holding hands for a long time. And at this stage, about 80% of the time, it's just something that we, like I find, oh, we're holding hands now. And I don't have the warm fuzzies and the butterflies aren't. But I desperately and deeply love her so much more now than I ever did then. Because what I found in that puppy love when we were 15, 16, 17 years old, it really wasn't puppy love, it's just selfishness. I just wanted her to make me feel good. That's all it was. But as our relationship grows, sometimes in, in the adventures of success and then other times in the conflict of defeat, right? Because that love has taken root and it continues to grow, all of a sudden we have something so much sweeter than a Taylor Swift song. That's what it is. So, so this, is, this is on the rocks. This is a puppy love that, 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 that once testing or, or once discomfort comes, this, this person kind of bails. It's, it's easy believism. That's what it is. It's you showing up and I say, hey man, all you got to do is say this prayer and ask Jesus in your heart and everything will be great forevermore. And the problem is that, that the true call of the gospel is hard. It is. It's a call to self-denial. It's a call to self-sacrifice. It's a call to giving of yourself for the sake of the glory of God. Okay, And that's why Jesus will come in and we'll get there, uh, I think when we get to Luke 14 or 19, I'm sorry. I've memorized all of the chapters of the Bible except for this, these two. All right, 
So we'll get to this point where Jesus will look to you and he's talking about the cost of discipleship and he'll say, consider the cost. He says, count it, because I'm not calling you to an easy thing. The call of the gospel is all of me for all of him. And so he says there's this seed that gets thrown among the rocks and it kind of, it gets into the soil, but it never, it doesn't have moisture. The Psalm chapter 1 will talk about the man that is blessed is the one who plants by the rivers. And its, its seed never, it's, it's flat, I'm sorry, its leaves never wither because it's always connected to the source of the Word of God. So we come into this, this moment and, and understand the gospel isn't easy believism. It's, it's not, hey, just say this so we can celebrate it. It's a call. And that's why, that's why we try to encourage you not to just flippantly make a decision to follow Jesus. Because he's not a mascot. Like we want you to know when you come to Jesus that you're given, you're willing to give your whole heart to him. So now we get, I'm sorry, I kind of rambled there. We're good. Verse 14. He talks about the third one. He says it's the seed that falls among the thorns. And ultimately what this describes, it's a heart that's, that's divided. It's a heart that loves a little bit of Jesus and it loves a little bit of the world. Uh, and the Bible says that you can't serve both because both of them want all of your heart. You just can't. So, so what Jesus says is that when we live among the thorns there, eventually the world wants to choke out the seed from taking root. So, so any earthly fruit doesn't mature, right? It leaves you unproductive and it leaves you unfruitful. And, and I think this is the danger of our Western culture, uh, especially our Western church culture, that, that, that we, we, we have to watch out for the cares of the world lest they choke out the cares of our hearts. Because Jesus will say what? You guard that thing. You guard that because that's the wellspring of your life. And so we're talking about a, a, a seed that falls in a heart that's divided. And, and what he does just mercifully, and he just says, he says it, it's unproductive. It's not healthy. That, and I, I think it's probably fair for us to invite the Holy Spirit, maybe today, maybe sometime this week, to kind of explore the fruit that's being produced in our lives. Because the Word will say that the absence of fruit reveals the absence of faith. So what's, what's coming out of our lives is a reflection of what's going on inside of our hearts. And that leads us to, to this fourth soil, the good soil. He says, he says so, so God has, has so prepared the hearts of, of some people that, that when they hear the word of God, they latch onto it wholeheartedly. They listen intently to it. They hold on to it. It germinates and, and life begins to sprout from it. And this fruit begins to blossom and the fruit is brought forth. But then what does Jesus say? How does it brought forth? With patience. With patience, that, that the seed is scattered and the soil is tilled and the seed and the soil begin to work together and take root. But guys, this takes time. And at times, this is, this is produced under hardship and under persecution. And, 
Do, do you remember how excruciatingly slow it was? Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming everybody has done this um, scientific uh, approach to life, right? Um, you ever try to grow a lima bean out of a lima bean, right? We all did this in school, right? You get your baggie, you get a moist uh, paper towel, moist, right? Heather just kind of cringed, that's fine. A moist paper towel, right? And you put that bean in it. And as a kid, you get in, you, you wake up the next morning and you're, you're like, I'm going to see how it grew. And as a kid, do you remember how excruciatingly slow that process was? But then, all of a sudden, one day, something starts to sprout out of this little bean. And then it continues to grow, and then, you know, you do your science fair experiment, and you turn in your assignment, and life goes on. But, but it's so interesting that life happens as it grows, and it grows slowly. Because that's the way, that's the way roots work, people. They dig slowly. And, and so, so, so this, is, this is what we are talking about when it comes to the Word taking root in our hearts, right? That, 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 that because the, the intention is to carry us, not through the moment, but to carry us into eternity. Not, not just these, these moments, these chapters of our, of our small stories. He says the good soil produces good fruit because it has been buried and its roots grow deep. Swan, Swan, we can start wrapping this up. So here's where we're going to kind of land. Okay, there's kind of two applications. Okay, we've been asking this question, right? So, so the first, the first application is inward. The second one would be outward. That so, so the danger, all right, in in this parable is that there are three of the four soils that look the same. Right? Three of the four. Like the, the ones that land on the path, on the hard ground, or the hard heart, that, that, that seed never goes into the ground. It never does anything because the birds snatch it away before it goes. But three of the four soils, when you look, you say, well, it looks like there's a seed there. And it looks like that seed is in the ground, but, but, but only one of those take root. Because the other two either flame out or they are choked out. So, so, so the root's so important because it anchors us to Christ for when life is hard or unexpected or needs consistency. So, so the question as application is to simply ask yourself this question. What type of soil is my heart? And then I think the outward application is those who have already received the good news of the kingdom, those of us who are found in Christ, that that one of the ways we we bear fruit is by sowing the seed of the gospel. And again, we, we do it indiscriminately. Because you never know. You never know. And this, I'm, I'm trying to learn and, and really, really lean into this. That, that I truly do believe that every person is one step away from giving their heart to Jesus. Every person. So I don't have to qualify them. I don't have to gauge their worthiness. 
Because if Jesus can save me, he can save them. And so my job as a believer is to sow the seed of the gospel wherever I go. And yes, there's an adversary who is at work to try to snatch what I'm sowing. Yes, there, there are pressures and persecutions and, and there are worries. Yes, there's a culture that doesn't want to buy in because they want to believe that they can create an idol of their own hearts, which really all idolatry is just this, this, this lane to, to proclaiming ourselves as gods. But we keep sowing and, and we keep hoping and we keep praying and we keep trusting that that seed finds good soil. So no matter where we go, we sow the seed. So what type of soil is your heart? I don't believe the hard soil has to stay hard forever. I don't. I think you can till it. I think it might take work. It might be hard. I think it takes time. If you have thorns or if you're dealing with a rocky situation, I think, I think our hearts can be tilled to cultivate a soil that is good, but that's, that's through the mercies of God. I love you guys. Our desire this week is to love God. Bye. Let me pray for us. If you need prayer today, we want, we want to pray with you. We'll have some people over on this side of the room uh, as, we, as we sing ourselves out, as we're dismissed. You, you're welcome to, to be prayed for there. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, maybe you're like, hey, I do have, I think I do have a good soil and I do want to ask Jesus in my heart. We want to walk with you. We don't want you to be misled. We're not selling you Jesus this morning. We want you to know that that your life has come at a cost. That Jesus lays his life down for us so that we may be saved for the glory of God. So if that's you today, come find me. I'd love to celebrate with you. I'd love to talk with you. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us. Thinking that you move amongst us. We praise you today for your word. And I pray you would just draw us through the power of your Holy Spirit to understanding more and more what kind of soil we're working with. Father, draw us to repentance so that we may be drawn to celebration. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you.